Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I'm an 11-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. Gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that are needed and what one receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps by sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who are thriving on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Disclaimer, the purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. The podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professionals and is not intended for the use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests who speak in a podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions conclusions. Neither Talea Dendi, Navigating Cancer Together, On the Other Side LLC, nor any of its affiliates endorses, supports, or opposes any treatment option or other matter discussed in a podcast. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy on a podcast should not be construed as an endorsement. Hello everyone, this is Talea Dindi from OnTheOtherSide.life and you're listening to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast, the show that has something for everyone facing cancer. Why? Because everyone is different with different needs, beliefs, and perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I encourage you to open your minds and your hearts. Today, our very special guest is Maria Fandora. Maria founded the nonprofit Purple Pansies in 2008, following her mother's death from pancreatic cancer. She felt called to raise awareness and crucial research dollars for this chronically underfunded but deadly cancer. To date, Purple Pansies has raised over $4 million to fund research through TGen and aid affected families. The mission of Purple Pansies is to raise funds for research, clinical trials, early detection, and to aid families in the community who have a family member suffering from pancreatic cancer and financially could use their help. Maria, thank you so much for all the wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. We are so excited to be with you. Thank you so much for the invite to be able to share our message and to help those who are in the cancer journey fighting, fighting, fighting until we beat everything. So thanks so much for having me on today. Maria, please tell us a little bit about your mother and her journey with pancreatic cancer. I know that's what really started Purple Pansies. Of course, we're a very close family, and my mother retired from AT&T in 1999. She continued to be very active. We have a family business, which is a restaurant. So my mom was very involved in the day-to-day operations. She was a 
a wonderful chef in her own right. So she would do all the Maison Plaz. Everything was wonderful. It was the year was 2007. We had gone on spring break with the kids. This was April and uh, we had come home. Everything was wonderful. In early May, she started having some pains in her upper abdomen. She went to the doctor, got a CAT scan, and just out of the blue with the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer completely took us by surprise. Of course, people who are in the cancer journey, especially in the pancreas cancer journey, know when you become symptomatic is when you're probably at stage three or four. My mother was at stage four and we started the fight against this deadly disease. She was diagnosed May 21st, 2007, tried chemotherapy, very aggressive chemotherapy once a week. And we lost her September 6th, 2007. So it was very quick, completely took us by surprise because there were no earlier symptoms before that. She was feeling great. Her energy level was wonderful. So it just, it was like a hurricane, a whirlwind, a tornado that just came in and completely took her out, changed the family dynamics unbelievably. And having gone through this myself, it just ignited a fire in myself and in my family that we had to take action. We had to try to do something so other families would not face what my family was facing with her loss and her cancer journey. So that is what started me on the cancer journey to help others. Thank you, Maria, for sharing that. I'm so sorry that your mother lost her fight with pancreatic cancer. I know that's a really tough one. You mentioned that it changed your family dynamic. What were some of the other challenges that you all faced as a family? Of course, her loss, she was the matriarch of family. All the events, even in all the decision-making, we are were an extremely united family. So my mother weighed in on business decisions on just a day-to-day family events. Even with some financial help, my mom was always very involved in my kids' lives. And it just with her loss, just everything came to a dead stop, right? Emotionally, it was extremely hard on my children. I'm an only child. It was extremely hard on myself and my husband. Mm -hmm. And even in our business, because my mom was such a part of the family business, she made the best soups in the world. We said the angels were going to have the best (laughs) soup maker. So people were very used to seeing her in our family restaurant. Our food was always so good because of her recipes. So her loss really took just a, an emotional toll, a financial toll, and just that emotional loss, something that it takes a long time to recover and to grieve as individuals and as a family. And because she was involved in the family business and just trying to keep her recipes alive and just to express to customers and guests that she wasn't around anymore and how her mark and her legacy within our family business was going to continue. I can only imagine how things unfolding so quickly the way that they did, how that could have added more challenges as well, because you ju- it just seems like you wouldn't have time to really take it all in. You're just trying to figure out what to do next. Absolutely. Survival. I remember being on the internet trying to find other strategies and other like new medications or clinical trials that my mom could go on to try to save her life. Her oncologist, our first meeting was like, get your affairs in order. And we said, no, we want to really try to 
give this a fighting chance. And he agreed and put her on chemotherapy. But when you get that diagnosis, your first meeting, it's like, this is a death sentence. We were friends and family were on the internet, just trying to find other strategies and other ways medically that she could be treated. And there was really not a lot out there in 2007. Thank God some things had changed. I like to think that I have contributed to some of those changes, new clinical trials, new strategies on how to treat cancer as a whole. And I think that my organization has helped to achieve some of those goals, both on a national level with our funding for research and clinical trials, but also on people who have benefited from us for our monies that we have set aside for community grants for people who are facing this deadly disease and their families. And also last year was our inaugural year for scholarships for children of parents or guardians facing pancreas cancer. We're pretty busy in trying to make differences, things that I did not have available to me when my mother was diagnosed. Wonderful. How did your mother respond when she got the news? I know in previous generations that they really weren't big on going to the doctor. What was your mother's disposition and mindset at that time? My mother was probably one of the strongest people that I've known on the planet. I only saw my mother break down one time. It was right before she passed away. She was like the rock of Gibraltar. She said, stay calm. We're going to fight this and you just hang on. And I was the one that was crumbling, crying, just falling apart to say the least. Like I said, I only saw my mother break down once and it was like two weeks before her death. Other than that, I didn't see her share a tear. Always she was extremely positive, always tried to take her medication when she was supposed to, she tried to eat and she really gave it a, a fight. Like I said, one of the strongest people that I've ever met in my lifetime and really just gave me a source of inspiration for going forward in my own life. I will share with you that I did have some help from a young lady. I consider her a sister who, when I had to go to work, and it really does take a community to fight cancer. I express to families to not be afraid to ask for help. And she shared with me after my mother passed away that my mom, when I was not around, would say to her, please don't share with my daughter, you know, that I'm in pain or that she cried when I was not around. So she was like the rock of Gibraltar to the family. And we did not really know that she was suffering herself. She put up a good front and a good fight. Like I said, one of the strongest people that I ever met and a true inspiration for myself to start my nonprofit, to continue to help others, to not let her death go in vain, that her memory serves for me as an inspiration to help others and try to find ways to fight this deadly cancer. Your mother sounds like she was an amazing woman. And it sounds very much like she just didn't want you guys to worry. And she knew that it probably would be hard on you. So she was really trying to protect you from that. 
When people are diagnosed with cancer, that's how we feel. <laughs> Some of us, we just don't want our loved ones worried any more than they have to. Thank you for sharing that very personal story, Maria. The other question I have is, what is the biggest barrier that people diagnosed with pancreatic cancer faced based on what you have seen or heard through your work with purple pansies? One of the struggles that I think that pancreatic cancer's patients face is that they will just take the opinion of one doctor or one hospital team. And some of them are just so bogged down with the diagnosis that they don't have the ability or the time maybe to reach out to other doctors to get another opinion or to see if they're eligible for a clinical trial or if they're able to travel maybe to a larger city from where they live to be able to get another regimen for treating the same cancer. Not having enough information and not having enough resources to be able to get that information is definitely a barrier, I think, these days for people facing pancreatic cancer. And that's a big challenge. If you live in a small town and Maybe there's one local hospital. How do you get out of the box to be able to say, hey, maybe I go to a larger city to maybe get another set of eyes to look at my case? I think this is a definitely a big issue, not just for pancreas cancer, but maybe for all different kinds of cancers to try to get the best regiment for the cancer that you are fighting overall. I think some people may be afraid to do that or that their doctor that they're seeing might get upset that they're doing that. But you know what? You're your own advocate. You have to fight for yourself. And if they're a good doctor, they won't be upset at all that you're going mm -hmm. to get another opinion. So I think that's a big challenge for cancer patients as a whole, not just pancreas cancer, but just cancer patients as a whole. I agree 100%, Maria. You're absolutely right. It is very tough to get credible information to be able to disseminate and understand that information so you can make the best decision for yourself. And then also the resources. I hear those two time and time again. Maria, is there anything else that you would like to share about how Purple Pansies got started? I definitely would love to share others that might be listening to this podcast that want to do some fundraising and awareness for not just pancreatic cancer, but any other kind of cancer. We started as a very small grassroots organization in our local community and started to have a couple of events a year in our family business. Of course, we're in hospitality, so we might be in a business that we might have access to larger groups of people. But I think that if you're wanting to help others in your local community, you might team up with a local church or a local school or a local like a YMCA kind of an organization and just get out there and volunteer or start your own grassroots. That's what I remember having my first event in May of 2008 for Mother's Day. I think in my first event, I raised $3,000 and I donated all of that to a research foundation for pancreatic cancer. So whether you do that or you host a car wash or you have a bake sale or whatever you do, everybody can really make a difference, whether you do it through volunteering or starting your own organization or partnering with another organization. That's what 
I did with purple pansies and it really planted seeds in my own personal community that we were a grassroots from 2008 till 2016 when we actually became our own 501c3 and having that ability and that privilege to be able to tell our dollars what to do and not just donating to someone else has really made a difference for purple pansies to really make an impact on a local on a regional and on a national level Wonderful. I have to ask Maria, why the name Purple Pansies? What is the meaning? Well, of course, purple is the color for pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. And the first year that my mother passed away, a friend of mine called me in the middle of December. It was extremely cold here in Atlanta. And she was so excited. She says, Maria. And I said, what? And she said, you know, it's growing in my garden. It's just blooming. And I have no idea. She said, my pansies says they are just, it's cold. It's 30 degrees. And these flowers are just a blooming. So I thought about it and I said, pansies, a resilient flower that grows in the worst and the harshest of times in the winter. I think wow. that's what I'm going to call my organization. So that's why we're called the purple pansies. Oh, I love that. Very fitting. Yes. yes. <laughs> Maria, how do you raise awareness about pancreatic cancer? We try to stay very engaged in our local community partnerships with other organizations with Purple Pansies. We support all teams in our area and young people will wear purple and their jerseys will be purple. They'll have the name Purple Pansies on their shirts. So we do that usually in the spring. We have other teams who have worn purple socks. We give out purple bracelets. We always send out to our local Chamber of Commerce, always events, especially in November, which is Pancreatic Cancer Month. We will partner with events with them. We have two large events in, in our cycle, one in the spring and one in the fall. So we try to get some media releases through that. So we've done some TV and some radio and some podcasts out there to get our name and just about the cause overall. So I think to answer that question is you just really stay engaged with the community. We stay very active in social media. We have a great website. We do grants for families. People listening to this, I encourage you, if you know someone who's fighting pancreas cancer, we do give out financial grants, people in need. So we really try to keep our ear to the heartbeat of the community and the needs. So I guess in, in all of those ways, we try to spread awareness. If you have someone in your family or if you have a friend who's fighting cancer, I think if you look at them, they're just a true inspiration for you to step out of the box and do something. I know families are fighting these days, inflation, and there's all kinds of things. But sometimes if you have a little extra money, if you find an organization that you want to support, whether you make a $5 contribution or you make a $100 contribution, if everybody does a little something, we're all making a difference. And that's, I think, is so important, especially in the cancer world. That is so true. Every little bit helps. It doesn't matter how big or how small, it all adds up and makes a big difference. 
Maria, earlier you mentioned your family business. How is your restaurant, the family's restaurant, Casa Nova Italian, involved with Purple Pansies? Well, a lot of the events that I host, of course, there's food involved. The restaurant helps to support that without having Purple Pansies have to purchase any of the food for the events. So that's a huge help. My business itself has been around for about 25 years. We have a lot of good relationships with our vendors. We actually have a lot of those vendors that are now involved with the fight against pancreatic cancer. We have involved them in being our partners in doing that. So the restaurants help leverage those relationships in being able to provide product. And we have wine at our events, which is usually the one in the fall. We leverage those relationships as well. So the restaurant really helps us to fund items for us to host our events. People seem to be drawn to events where there's complimentary food. And if there's events that we host that might be a wine tasting, it really helps more people in to the events. So the restaurant is extremely involved from that aspect. And then also here at the restaurant, we host a couple of events a year for Purple Pansies in which we donate the proceeds to the nonprofit. So it's really a critical piece of the foundation to be able to have this resource to be able to host events. That is great that you have that ability to take all the work that you're doing with your restaurant and then kind of funnel it back to your passion, which I'm sure your family business is also your passion, but you're able to leverage the two. Absolutely. It's a marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got that right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Maria, what is your ultimate goal for the nonprofit and pancreatic cancer? My goal for the nonprofit is that it continues to grow both from the board for it to continue to grow from that and also for it to continue to grow as far as the amount of dollars that we raise. The more funding that we raise, the more families that we're able to help, the more scholarships that we're able to give out, and the more money that we're able to give to research. I will point out to you that my nonprofit is a completely volunteer organization. So there is no one on the board that is on the payroll. And per se, we do not have an executive director. I am the chairman of the board, but we are looking to expand the board and get more volunteers for it to grow. So that's one of the things that we are looking for 2023. Also to continue to develop an early detection piece like the mammogram is to breast cancer. We're trying to develop a piece for pancreas cancer that someone could go on an annual basis for a test to make sure when they catch it early, they're able to do so much more for pancreatic cancer patients. And I think that one of my personal goals would be to see a major league baseball team or an NFL football team or an NBA team wear purple on the national board. <laughs> I'm for it. For me, that would be a dream come true where we would be able to get a national brand like they have for breast cancer in October, the Susan 
the Coleman Foundation has done a, such a great job over the years in doing that. I would really love to be able to see that for pancreas cancer in the month of November. And I'm fighting for that. I hope I get to see that in my lifetime. Wow, I hope you do too. I hope I do as well. I love purple, of course, but it's for a very good cause. And pancreatic cancer, more and more people are getting it. And so just having that education, that awareness, as you mentioned, that early detection is so critical to one overcoming and surviving pancreatic cancer, having all of those things, the resources. So everything that you're doing with purple pansies is much needed and it's very critical. Absolutely. 100%. So I'm just going to keep plugging along and just when you put it up on the vision board, right? It comes. <laughs> it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, you mentioned growing the board. For people out there who may be interested, do they have to be in the Atlanta, Georgia area or can they be anywhere? They can be anywhere, actually, because we have most of our board meetings are, we do have some in person, but most of them are virtual. And like I said, we're trying to grow our board. Many different people out there are interested in helping raise awareness for pancreas cancer. So we're definitely looking for people. Also, we're looking for people to chair different committees for our organization that would really help us continue not only to have a local footprint and a regional footprint, but really help us develop into having a national footprint. Hopefully, with me helping to spread the word, this podcast, hopefully more people will hear this and hear about all the great work that you're doing and contribute in some way. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Maria, what advice do you have for people or families diagnosed with pancreatic cancer? As I said earlier in the podcast, please don't be afraid to get another opinion, whether it's in your same place where you live have another set of eyes look at your situation. Because I think that when you have other sets of eyes look at your diagnosis, maybe another doctor can see something that the original doctor did not see. In the city that I live in, there's four to five major hospital systems, which of course, they all have analogy departments. And I'm sure that even in smaller towns, I'm sure that there are more than one doctor that look at the cancer, whether it's pancreatic cancer or any other kind of cancer. But just please don't be afraid to get another opinion. Have another set of eyes before you decide what kind of treatment regimen you're going to go after. There are choices and we're all different. We all have different DNA. The organization actually that I support from a research standpoint, TGEN, they look at the human genome and your DNA to actually what is going to work best for you and your system. So I think that those are all things that are very important. Your age group, your ethnicity, just everything, your race, everybody's DNA is different. And different medications treat people differently. Mm -hmm. So I really think that people need to just step out of the box and say, hey, if I got a cancer diagnosis, I need to look at someone else to give me another set of eyes on my diagnosis. Maybe your first diagnosis was fabulous and it's the right way to go, but you won't know that unless you hear from another set of eyes. Wise words and very true. Maria, you do a lot raising money for clinical trials. Please speak to people from diverse backgrounds 
being offered clinical trials and participating in clinical trials because I know that is a barrier for a lot of people too. Can you please speak to that a little bit? Certainly. In my cancer journey, I have heard researchers and scientists speak about sex of the person, the race of the person, the ethnic background of the person or the patient, and how we all have different DNA. So I think it is really important that your doctor realize that, for example, in my case, I am a female, I'm of Hispanic and people of color background. So when I see a doctor, I ask all kinds of questions about is this medication been, whether it's a clinical trial or whether it's standard of care, has it been treated on all kinds of levels as far as if it works? So I encourage people to ask those questions. And actually, in the city that I live in, Atlanta, all the hospital systems that I deal with, especially with my organization, all of them I find have whether are they male, are they female, are they African American, are they Hispanic, are they Jewish, all kinds of backgrounds and DNA structure that they can look at to know what kind of medicine you are going to be treated with. And like I said, TGen, for example, actually does and studies the human genome. So when you go in for treatment, you know, they will do the testing on those human genes or genome to find out exactly what's going to work best for you, the patients. So I strongly recommend people who are fighting the cancer journey to ask those questions or maybe both in private hospital systems and public hospital systems. I think that you have probably a little bit more diversity in the public hospital systems than you do in the private because they may reach out more to the local communities, whether they be Asian or African American or uh, Hispanic or indigenous, just all different kinds of communities that might not be able to afford going to a private hospital. I think that the hospital systems, for example, here in Atlanta, I think that they do a lot of studies in saying this disease has impacted our patients are 50% female, 50% male, and they really dice it down to that as to what's working and what's not working. So I encourage people to ask those questions because there might be medications that might work better for your personal DNA and your background. I really agree with everything you've said, Maria, because just having the option to participate in a clinical trial, it really could improve your outcome. As you mentioned, different things work for different people. And if there's a specific group of people or a specific race of people that are not participating in these clinical trials, they're not getting the benefit of knowing what's out there for them and what may work best for them. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we end today? First of all, just thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm just thrilled to be part of this program and to be able to share our message of Purple Pansies and just for people to get out there and um, get treatment, get other opinions, get information. I think as you probably know, I myself who have had 
my own health challenges, you have to reach out to different resources to get different information. So to not be afraid to reach out and just to continue the fight. Thank you, Maria. If people are interested in learning more about Purple Pansies, if they would like to donate or be on the board, where is the best place for them to go to learn more? Purplepansies.org. I will share that in the listen notes so that people can easily find Purple Pansies. Thank you again, Maria, so much for all the wonderful information that you've shared. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Before we end today, I would like to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share, follow, or subscribe so that you can easily find my podcast and listen again. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed the show, please share or tell your friends and family about it. For notes from the show and previous episodes, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.